0: Welcome to Carmelite Conversations. This is Frances Harry, your host, and I'm overjoyed to have with me a guest. She was with me for my last podcast on this series. Um, We're doing a series on St. Teresa of Avila's masterpiece, The Interior Castle. It's about the spiritual journey within. Uh, Last month we were a bit limited by technology um, on our podcast, but I think we've uh, recovered and have solved that problem. So again, I'd like to welcome w- with our uh, community, uh, Teresa Rittenhouse. Teresa, how are you?
1: Very good. Good morning, Francis.
0: <laughs> <laughs> good morning. We are in Lent. Uh, we're at the beginning of March as we record this. And um, I keep thinking of how wonderful it is to be going through this during the Lenten season to really dig in because it's about transforming the soul, um, doing what we can do and then cooperating with what God is doing in us. So uh, we have a, a lot to cover today. We're going to uh, quickly review the first mansion, uh, just highlights and then or, or dwelling place. Um, we we tend to uh, use the dwelling place now as the terminology. It's a more correct interpretation. And then we're going to go into detail about the second mansion or the second dwelling place. But first, um, Teresa, as we always do with the Carmelite Conversations, we'd like to begin with a prayer. Would you mind leading us in a prayer today?
1: I would be happy to. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Oh, Jesus, what an uproar the devils instigate here, and the afflictions of the poor soul. It doesn't know whether to continue or to return to the first room. Oh, my Lord, your help is necessary here. Without it, one can do nothing. In your mercy, do not consent to allow this soul to suffer deception and give up what was begun. Enlighten it that it may see how all its good is within this castle and that it may turn away from bad companions. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: Wonderful. So I see you chose those words of St. Teresa that she uses in that second mansion. And so appropriate. I just love how Teresa, she she starts teaching us. And then all of a sudden she goes into a prayer and (laughs) she's writing it because she doesn't go back and erase anything. She just keeps writing. She doesn't have a lot of time. And so um, we are um, able to see how she is thinking and speaking to the Lord as she writes. It's so beautiful. So thank you for that prayer.
1: Well, and she absolutely lives her day in prayer. You know, whatever the Holy Spirit inspires her, she breaks out into prayer, even in her writings. I just love it.
0: And that is what I think is the aspiration of all the Carmelites is that um, instead of having just moments of prayer, that we begin to live a life of prayer. So thank you for making that point to us. Okay, um, let's just review the first mansion or the first dwelling place. Would would you like to give us some highlights?
1: Well, it reminds me of the prodigal child that turns back toward home. You know, we're living out in the world and we're just having fun. <laughs> and it's time to go home. And our, our soul is calling us home. And um this is, you know, the the little seeds are planted and we learn here. The beauty of our soul. Um, it's the soul is magnificent. That's where our, our God lives within us. And um we're learning self-knowledge and oh and in that self-knowledge much humility. <laughs> Hopefully.
0: <laughs> we don't want to stay proud, <laughs> <not> for sure. <laughs> well those are, are wonderful um, concepts to to summarize, you know, about the dignity of the soul. The, that importance of self-knowledge and humility. And the prodigal child is, you know, Teresa will often bring in scripture to help teach a point. And so if you're aware of it, sometimes she slips it in so subtly, you don't even know you've you've crossed that line and, and, and delved into scripture there. But um, she does refer to the prodigal child here. And I think that that Uh, Is a good image for us for that first mansion. Now, this is also the mansion in the Our Father prayer um, that is related to the last line of the prayer, which is deliver us from evil. So the soul in this stage is especially vulnerable and weak. Um, they have a unique and urgent need for deliverance and intercession of especially of our Blessed Virgin Mary and all the saints. So when we are praying the Our Father prayer and we get to that last line, I always think, okay, that is the person that's in the first mansion. And if you didn't catch the introduction to this series, I explain how the Our Father Prayer is a framework for each of the mansions. So I invite you to go back to that if you haven't uh, listened to that. And we're so glad our listening audience is with us today um, because uh, we want to share what St. Teresa has been teaching us. And um, we thank you for being a part of our Carmelite Conversation family. So, um, Teresa, just help us, because we're going to go into the second mansion, help us to know what is the description of a soul here in this first mansion? You gave us some kind of brief concepts, some title-like descriptions. Now, how would you describe a person that was in the first mansion or the first dwelling place?
1: Well, they're still in great darkness. You know, we're we're so so much still living in the world that, We've covered the shine. Our little light is covered. So we're in darkness. The good news is we've entered the castle. So there's just a little dim light out there uh, that that reaches them, that's calling to the soul to, to continue to come in. So that's a blessing. That's a, a wonderful. These souls are still involved in worldly things. So they're very much being pulled. It, it is a battleground. They're they're still wanting their possessions, their honors, their you know the business affairs. Um, however, you know that little inkling they they have a little desire and they're and they're just starting to pray. So it's it's beautiful. We we can't lose the fact that even though we're in darkness and it's just the right in the first steps inside this little uh, castle of ours, um, that's a good thing. <laughs> well,
0: and it's a pretty big thing just just to get across the moat, right, and enter the door. And, of course, absolutely. St. Teresa of Avila teaches us that the door to the castle is prayer. And so the kind of prayer that a First Mansion person would do would probably formula prayer, and and maybe not really mean it so much as just recite it um they they the words don't mean what they say um with such attention and purpose as they will later on we hope they get that right um and then exactly. sometimes just you know prayer petitions like you know just simple things like help me lord um uh, th- it doesn't have to be complex simple um but yes they do utter some prayers but it's not c- um a habit yet so they need to develop some habits but so um then they do have some certain battles that they fight can you address that yeah. in the first Manchin battle the,
1: the temptation to just stop you know the devil doesn't want us to pray goodness that's you know that's communication with our god with our with our creator so he is going to put up a battle you know, things are going to pop up. You're going to be busy. You're going to think that, that oh, my goodness, um, I don't have time for this. Um, but you do have time. You want to stay focused. You You want to grow in holiness. And so we need to start to avoid some of the worldliness. You know, some of those
0: outside things that truly
1: don't matter.
0: And I think in this day and age, when we look at the world, we can see what a mess it's in. And that should be enough motivation to pray, <laughs> right?
1: Absolutely. So <laughs> and,
0: and as you pray, you learn how to pray better because the Holy Spirit is also guiding you. Plus, we've got these podcasts to help give you some ideas on, on what St. Teresa Vavala. Is teaching us. So very important in that first mansion was really I, getting an idea of what your soul is, the dignity of the soul, as opposed to a soul that is uh, covered in mortal sin. Now, let's also remember that the light that shines through the castle is coming from the center. Um, the center of the soul is where, where the Lord resides. And so the light is going from the center all the way out through each of these concentric circles or what we would call the dwelling places, um, seventh mansion, sixth mansion, fifth fourth, third back down to the first mansion. But it, it, the farther out it goes, the more dim it is. And why is that? That's because our sin is covering us and is filtering the light so that it can't get through. But when we stop sinning, the light ha- is brighter and and affects us more deeply. And, and the, what is the light? God is light. So that's really important for us to remember. Okay, now we're going to dive in to the second dwelling place or the second mansion. Now, St. Teresa of Avila only wrote one chapter on this. And some people were like, well, why did she just write one chapter? And I, I want to remind people that There was a lot of material out there for people who were beginning in prayer, beginning the spiritual journey. But there wasn't a lot of material for those who were more advanced. And so you will find out through the interior castle that she doesn't spend as much time in these first couple of mansions as she will later on. Like the fourth gets more. And then, oh, boy, the sixth is really long. Eleven chapters for the six mansions. (laughs) So but it's all good. And it's all to give us examples of how to grow, what kind of battles we're going to face, uh, where the graces and favors are, uh, how God is acting in the soul. And that's really important. So now that we've already kind of highlighted the first mansion, first dwelling place souls, what does a soul in the second dwelling place? What What's a description of them?
1: Oh, they need perseverance. Um And they are on the right road, and that's prayer. Um, Now, the battleground intensifies. You know, that devil doesn't want you uh, to be sitting quietly and praying. So several things will come up, and you need to quiet yourself down. Turn off the TV. Turn off the radio. Sit with yourself um, and with your Lord intentionally start to recognize what you're saying so have a greater desire to to stay on this path you know onward christian soldier <laughs> and as we're entering these dwelling places you know we're purifying ourselves and um you know whenever we're we're making an effort that it hurts so <laughs> just kind of Kind of recognize that we're gonna to start to conquer these temptations and um start to get that little seed germinating of 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 praying good things, doing good things, and this is how we're developing roots. we're really setting the foundation through our prayer through our efforts, right so, so
0: Teresa would describe this uh stage. I'm gonna use a quote that I have of her about a description of the soul in this stage because you've highlighted some really important key things and now i'd like people to hear the words of teresa describing this uh, in the second mansion she says this stage pertains to those who have already begun to practice prayer and have understood how important it is not to stay in the first dwelling places But they still don't have the determination, and that's an important word with Teresa, determination. They still don't have the determination to remain in this second stage without turning back, for they don't avoid the occasion of sin. So that's very important, avoid the near occasion of sin. This failure to avoid these occasions is quite dangerous, but these persons have received a good deal of mercy in that they sometimes do strive to escape from snakes and poisonous creatures, and they understand it is good to avoid them. Now, Teresa, tell us, what what would be these snakes and poisonous creatures that she's referring to? Do you have any idea that could help us you out? Know, uh,
1: partying. <laughs> partying. Um, staying with people that um, maybe aren't making good decisions. Um, you know... Of being drawn to your self-esteem to thinking you know idols that we've made into um, our business actions
0: um, Man, it might be a doggy dog world let me get to the top uh,
1: no matter exactly <laughs> and and material things you know want want need need uh, that type of thing and so those are poisonous things to us we need to truly pare it down to what we truly need and not live in this world we we need to think about eternal about our soul you know this world is truly fleeting and it's crazy out there we don't know when we're gonna go
0: (laughs) so the the soul here is is stuck in this pleasure pain principle i think where okay i'm gonna do what feels good and if it costs me anything, I'm going to avoid that. But the call is is to deny self in order to grow, to mortify these worldly desires. And that will be a, something that we need to continue to grow in, is this self-sacrificial love, this denial of self um, and looking to the other. Um, Teresa also talks about that in this mansion... Uh, they are no longer deaf. Now in the first mansion, she calls them a deaf mute and they're not hearing the Lord and not speaking to the Lord. Um, but now in the second mansion, she says now they are just uh, at least they're not deaf. They can hear the cause of the Lord, but that causes them to suffer more because then now they have to, to make some choices. And sometimes it's tough for them.
1: Uh
0: huh. So um but through these calls and, and the experiences, the soul's learning how to take this spiritual journey toward God more seriously. Now, so Teresa talks about they have cause, cause of the Lord. What, what would be an example of cause of the Lord?
1: Words spoken by good people, sermons, uh, you know, go to mass, listen to those sermons, good books. Um sadly, through illnesses, you know, we reach out to the Lord, but guess what He's there um sometimes these trials you know, our trials, and we have troubles. The Lord is there. all we need to do is look at him. He never blinked, he didn't turn away. We need to look for him, and um and you hear truth, God teaches in prayer, so um. We just need to take that time to, to like I say, quiet ourselves, turn off the TV, the music and 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 see where he is.
0: He's there all around us. Thank you. Those are good examples of being called by the Lord. So many people think that that means that call is that they're going to hear a locution. They're going to hear, you know, supernatural words in their head. No, we're not talking about that. I mean we might talk about that later but <laughs> right now it is very much using God typically will try to use the natural means to work with us um yes he will do supernatural things but right now um especially um it's usually the natural um well in the now, holy spirit
1: the holy spirit helps us know what's true you know in these things it it our conscience you know, it will ring true to us. We just need to be quiet and listen.
0: And, you know, I think that is a question. I know here we are in the season of Lent and we're going to hear about the passion of Christ. And, you know, one of the questions is what is truth? Uh, And I think out in society, many are asking that question right now. What is truth? Because if it's true, it doesn't change. Our understanding may develop, but truth is not changing. It is always true. And, um, that's important. So, um, if we connect the Our Father prayer to this second dwelling place, the petition is lead us not into temptation. And so the soul in the second dwelling place has a special and urgent need for protection against the subtleties of temptation—they're um, in grave danger in near occasions of sin—and they must have our Lord's help and mercy. And what's most needed for the soul is perseverance and strong determination. I know I, I've seen a lot of people as they start to grow um, and they make this step, then they're like, "Well, I can handle this now. I I can go to the bar and and sit with that person and not be tempted by him anymore." And, and lo and behold. Bam, <laughs> there's a yeah. target. And oh, they fell again. Um, and, and that's just kind of a real obvious one, but there are other subtleties. You might be on the computer and you start seeing something, and and now you're you're wanting to, I want to have that. I want that. Or you go to a website that you shouldn't go to, right? The the temptations are there to entice you, they're tantalizing, but that's the lie. Because in the end, you're going to feel guilty. You're going to feel bad because you know better. Right. And, well, and
1: you know, uh, our father, uh, Jacob Lindell, was talking the other day and he says that advertisers, even on TV, they they are implanting what your desire is. And it's like that. those are false desires. You know, they're manipulating
0: you. We need to be aware. <laughs> Yeah, I heard a phrase lately. They're setting the narrative. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they've got a narrative. They've got an agenda, too. Let me tell you that. And we all know yes. from our, our cell phone technology that if you start talking about going to uh, Tahiti on a vacation, all of a sudden all these Tahiti <laughs> ads start coming up. Uh, Absolutely. Crazy stuff. So, um, you know, we've got to take a break from technology. That's for sure. So, um The devil does attack greater here than he did in the first dwelling Um, because he's he's representing these worldly things, snakes, like you said earlier, um, temporal pleasures of the present uh, as if, you know, that's worth. That's what life's all about. And yes, yes. know, that
1: pain, pleasure thing. These worldly things are going to seem really fun. (laughs)
0: And this is also the mansion where you you start to have to think, do I want to keep doing that thing? Do I still want to have those relationships with those people or, you know, other obstacles? Do I want to claw my way to the top of the ladder? Is it worth, you know, uh, hurting everybody else along the way? Do I want to be that kind of a person And you're starting to question yourself. And that's a good thing um, because the devil is tempting us here. Absolutely. I wanted to go. um, Teresa does talk about the memory, the intellect, the will and reason. And so I wanted to um, cover those because those are important concepts uh, and they'll be more and more important as we go on. So, um, I just want to hit this here. Um, The temptation of the devil comes through the reason. That's what Teresa is pointing out to us. She says the reason is um, that to think the soul is mistaken and thinking that these things of the world are not worth anything when compared to what it is aiming after. So, she's saying the reason is being used falsely to devalue the spiritual life when we need to have um, uh, our reason enlightened. All right. So uh, when she's talking about reason in this chapter, she's talking about it being used as a temptation rather than as a light. Then she goes on to talk about faith, memory, will, and intellect. And those are all related to the uh, evangelical councils. Now, faith teaches it about where it will find fulfillment, what's true and good. Memory Shows where, where all these things end, holding before it the death of those who found great joy in them. So through the memory, it sees how some have suffered sudden death and then how quickly they are forgotten. So, you know, what's this life worth? What's this life all about? So it reminds us of our mortality. And then the will is inclined to love after seeing such countless signs of love. So gratitude and then the intellect. Tells the soul of its certainty that outside this castle, neither security nor peace will be found. That life in the castle, in this interior journey to God, is superior to what we find out in the world. And so, it's very important for us to to try to zero in on on these um, memory, intellect, and will, because actually those are the superior faculties of the soul. We have. In our soul, we have the exterior faculties, like you're hearing with your ears, you're seeing with your eyes, you're smelling, etc. cetera. And then we have spiritual sight, smelling, etc. cetera. But the superior faculties of the soul are the memory, the intellect, and the will. And so those terms will come up. So it's good to have kind of a uh, an understanding what they're talking about. Thankfully, in the study edition, of the interior <laughs> castle that is put out by the um Institute of Carmelite Studies, which is ICS Publications. They have this wonderful study edition that was translated and prepared by Kieran Kavanaugh, and it's it's a wonderful uh resource. So it's it's not only the text of the interior castle, but reflections and reflection questions. So it, it gives you some more context. And it has a great glossary. So uh, it's good to (laughs) flip back to that and (laughs) look these things up. Yes, absolutely. So now let's talk about what are the greatest obstacles in this mansion? What would you say they would be?
1: Turning away from prayer. Um, (laughs) Lack of prayer is a sunblock. Yeah, like yes. oh, yeah.
0: Jesus. <laughs> yeah, We don't want that kind of sunblock. We we yes. want that's good. <laughs> and uh,
1: and not avoiding those near occasions of sin. You know, there is so much temptation here right now. So that that's a huge obstacle.
0: And um. Sometimes when we come to those near occasion, that's that pride that comes up, says, well, you know, I'm strong. So you're depending on self then and then you fall. So a person in the second dwelling place needs to say, OK, uh, up front, I know that if I'm in that situation, that that is uh, tempting for me and they need to avoid it and also admit that they are not strong enough. And then count on the Lord and the saints and our Blessed Mother, of course, to help us to avoid those um, because we need to get stronger before we can face those. Right.
1: And I I think they begin to learn that in this. And that's when they start to talk to other good souls, you know, because now they need to find these people, you know, to to um, make good decisions. You know, good people help to, um, you know, bolster your spirit and keep you encouraged. I think <laughs> so. I, so Saint find Ther- other other good people's that are on the on the walk. You know,
0: and Saint Teresa of Avila lived this by experience because when she was young, she had some comrades that were not good for her, and uh, she realized and the and the Lord pointed out to her some of her associations that were not healthy. And so she had to turn away from them. So that's really good. We want good spiritual friendships. So these are our, our remedies to these obstacles, right? Let's talk about some more of the remedies. So besides turning away from bad companions and tempting situations, what else can the soul do here?
1: Well, be determined not to lose your ground. You know, don't turn back. Con- continue on. Um uh and be courageous you know <laughs> you know look at this and and uh and uh proceed forward uh, don't seek consolations you you don't get the pats on the back and the good feelings uh when you're praying in these things it takes effort so so do that you know you don't get all the sweet milk and honey right off the bat dig in there work for that and uh, the goodness and the sweetness will come later it truly does and it's not such an effort it it's in these first steps that it takes effort but but take our word for it keep trying because in the end it becomes easier you become more comfortable to sit with yourself and and just just talk to God. Pour out your your feelings and know who you're talking to, and and don't always ask for things. Sit back and listen to Him. Uh, he'll guide your steps. Mm. Um, so you know, but you have to you have to sit and be quiet. You can't just keep talking, talking, talking. <laughs> you know. Uh, it's a back-and-forth communication. Um, deny yourself. Uh, make it sting a little bit. This is Lent. Uh, <laughs> give up a few more things. Talk to people you haven't talked to in a long time. Um, reach out for others. You know, be helpful. Be be a helper kind and good. Um, and embrace the cross. If you have trials, if you have illness, you know, don't rant and rave. I I, I know uh, it, those crosses and illnesses may be tough. But Jesus is there. God is there. Lean into his arms. Uh, he, he'll hold you up through these. Remember, he doesn't give us more than, than we can handle. Where we'll, he'll bring you down to your knees. <laughs> but that's where we're supposed to be.
0: And I think a lot um, of people, go, they're complaining. You know, so remember this this idea, this it's a spiritual law that everything that comes to us is either willed by God or permitted by him so that he may draw out a greater good. So if if you like, say, you busted up your leg and now you're limping instead of complaining about it. This is an opportunity for you to grow in the, the suffering offered in union with Jesus, which becomes more holy then because you're participating with him in his passion in a very small way, but it's, it's the effort that we make. And so, and, and when you were talking about consolations, we want to make sure that, yes, the Lord does give consolations and, and maybe even early on, but if we're attached to those, then we're going to be held back. We yes. must receive those and then let them go. So many people get stuck here because they receive um, some consolation and prayer. Some people might say they smell roses or They feel good when they go to prayer. Oh, and so they measure their prayer. Oh, this was good prayer because I felt good. Um, sometimes really your, your best prayer is the one that feels the worst is the most (laughs) arrogant dry because why? Because you put the most effort into it. You, you stayed there to love the Lord and be present with him despite it not feeling good. So that took more effort. So it was more valuable. So we have to watch for that. But. Um, and so you, you brought out so many wonderful, good points, but, you know, sometimes we do fall. So what would you tell us soul about the kind of good that can be brought out of a fall by God?
1: Well, it teaches us how to guard ourselves better. You know, now we can see what's leading us down the wrong path. Now we can see where that temptation is going to lead us. We need to be strong enough to say, "No, we're not gonna do that again you know i I'm not gonna I'm gonna be better at this I'm gonna be stronger this time. It's the growth in that self knowledge and we need to be here. um it teaches us humility if we're if we step back, we know we need God's help we rely on him rather than ourselves um we we think we can do it, me 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 i i i and we can't. We do need God. And to see that um that we're grieving him, you know, are we a good friend to God? Are we offending him? What what kind of friend are we? If we do relapse and it and it's a bad fall, trust in the mercy of God. You know, not in ourselves. He loves us. Uh, his mercy. Thank goodness. He is. He is so patient. <laughs> and um, the interior suffering of seeing our our weaknesses and our falls. You know, it it can be very discouraging. But this is an opportunity in these moments to learn to pray, to rely on God's mercy, and not to rely on ourselves so much it's a growing process and it and and it stings and it doesn't feel good but we're starting to purify our little castle our little soul so these dwelling places can can be lightened up and so um
0: just hang in there be determined to be determined (laughs) good good and these dwelling places there's many rooms as Teresa tells us, there's rooms above, below, to the side, forward, backward, and so, and of course, the room of self knowledge is one of the most c- critical rooms of all. But this room of humility, another critical room, but more, uh, more rooms where you're like, whoa, I had a lot of pride there, and you know, when you get discouraged about your falls, we should be thankful that. Oh, we can see now because you probably yeah, yeah. were doing that before, but now you, you couldn't see back then. And at least now you can see and you can make an improvement. And you can yeah. beg for God's help to improve. And here in the United States, we are very self-sufficient, right? We like to do things ourselves. It's that pioneer spirit that um our country was um begun with. And yet, um, if that's over exaggerated, then you know, we lose sight of that. Everything is gift, even our strength. Our house is a gift. Our jobs are, are a gift. How are we using these gifts? Do we think we've earned them? Yes, we put forth effort, but God opens these windows for us. And so um, depending on God um, and growing in humility and self-knowledge will grow, help you grow way faster than if you stay stuck on yourself so um well and
1: and isn't this what we were talking about the last time where we we talked about the watermelon that was watered with with poor water you know we're giving these gifts of good jobs good homes beautiful material things okay they're gifts Now let's learn how God wants us to use these gifts and and to be thankful for them, not to to misuse them and put them out of place. He loves us. He's given them to us. So let's look to his will as to how we handle them.
0: And I think one of the things people forget about is to ask themselves, you know, where was God acting in my life today? I mean, he's always acting. But where did I see? Where did I recognize? And then when we do, we say, thank you, God, for helping me in that situation. Or Lord, I, I, and reflecting back, I see I missed an opportunity. Thank you for bringing it to my attention so that next time maybe I can handle it differently. Um, so you're becoming more aware in this mansion. Like we said earlier, you're hearing the cause of the Lord through various sources and It's helping you to mature in the spiritual life. But we're still very much at the beginning. So there are a lot of battles. And for those people who want to really get um, some information in detail about these battles, um, Dan Burke has written this excellent book called The Devil in the Castle. The subtitle is St. Teresa Vavala: Spiritual Warfare and the Progress of the Soul. And he goes into great detail about the spiritual warfare and he um, points out uh, what those battles are um, and gives you some ideas how to overcome those battles. And so um, I highly recommend that book. It's by Dan Burke, B-U-R-K-E, Sophia Institute Press. So, summary of the battles, the key tactics of the devil, uh, how to battle these tactics successfully, and to encourage you spiritually. So, um, we don't have enough time to go into all of that, but I mean, this is a <laughs> whole book on it. So, uh, just on that aspect. And of course, St. Teresa Vava is pointing them out, but, he, but Dan Burke fleshes them out even further. And um, so, I highly recommend that book. So now let's go, Teresa, to what kind of prayer is common to a, a soul that is in the second dwelling place?
1: Well, start to be more more reflective. You know, we're not just doing vocal prayer or formula prayers, but we're we're starting to slow up our prayer. Know what we're saying and what we're asking Um now we're starting to do a little more devotional prayer, liturgical prayer. Um, I, there's many, many of those. We're we're very active um, in learning to pray. In our discursive meditations, now we're starting to reason from point to point, and there's many meditations and and books with uh, with things to to sit and be quiet with and to study on. So um, we're truly learning to pray better.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you for helping us understand that. And I have to say that there is a book called Divine um, Intimacy. It's one of my favorite Carmelite books by, I think it's uh, Father, is it Father Gabriel Father... Um, Mary Magdalene, Father Gabriel of Mary Magdalene. I think I don't have it in front of me, so. But um, yeah, really good reflections, and and not just for beginners, but um, really really good meditations and giving us reasons from point to point and things to think about. So uh, I'll put that little blurb in there for Divine Intimacy. It's by Tan Books. Um, it costs a lot because it's big, and so it's a lot. <laughs> but it is so worth it. <laughs> All right, so um St. Teresa's teaching on prayer in the second mansion. She's like, okay, like you said before, Teresa, don't be thinking about consolations and good feelings. This is not the place where it rains manna, is what Teresa says. <laughs> <does. laughs> Those lie further ahead, like you had said. And that the whole aim of any person who is beginning prayer, now I'm quoting Teresa Vavla, she says, should be that he work and prepare himself with determination and every possible effort to bring his will into conformity with God's will. Be certain that, as I shall say later, the greatest perfection attainable along the spiritual path lies in this conformity. And 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 we need to zero in on that. The greatest perfection attainable is to bring your will into conformity with God's will. So to do God's will. So if you want to know what is God's will, look at what's happening in your life. And then how best to respond to what's happening, what's on your plate. But also, you need to study who Jesus is. He reveals the Father to us, and we have the gift of the Holy Spirit. Read scripture. Get to know who is Jesus. What are his counsels? What is he asking us to do? Um, that will help us to bring our will into conformity with God's will. Plus, if you read Interior Castle, <laughs> I think you're going to get a, <laughs> a lot better idea of that as well. So now, Teresa, can you give us some guidance Say somebody's like recognizing themselves here in this mansion. Yeah, they're struggling with the world and yet they feel that tug. Ah, This is not all there is to life. There's more. And they're starting to open up to the spiritual side. So many people are really dwarfed. They are just talking about their physical exterior world. And they're totally forgotten this interior world of the soul. And so... Here, when a person's starting to, okay, I'm starting to answer the calls, I'm starting to pray, I'm starting to have more attention in my prayer, um, what would you uh, guide them to do during their prayer time? Well,
1: don't do it by force. You know, relax. Be gentle with yourself. Um, You know, find a comfortable place, get a little quiet, and, uh, and pray say what's on your heart and don't give up praying, you know, just keep at it. You may, may feel funny about it at first. It may not be comfortable at first, but trust me, just uh, stay at it. Don't give up. And, you know, she says there is no other remedy for this evil of giving up prayer than to begin again. So if you, You know, if you start it and then you're a little frustrated, okay, let's try again. You know, don't don't beat yourself up too badly.
0: Practice makes perfect.
1: (laughs) Exactly. The more you try and you become more comfortable with yourself. You know, at first you're sitting there and it's like, oh, you know, the world is so noisy right now. And in Carmel, we're trying to, we truly become a little more quiet. We turn things out, we turn things down, and we just practice sitting in silence, just sitting with the Lord. And, you know, at at first it's uncomfortable. You're thinking about all the other things you want to do, you know, laundry, cooking, uh, groceries, uh, going to work, the car needs fixed, the yard needs, you know, there's all these things bombarding you. You just turn those things off a little bit. Give it a try just to sit in silence, just to pray. And um, and it becomes easier. It, truly, you'll enjoy it. You'll begin to enjoy just turning things off and being silent a little bit. When um, of our- you become more comfortable with yourself.
0: One of our Carmelite friars told me one time, just waste time with the Lord waste time <laughs> like, like you would with your best friend just you just shoot the breeze with your best friend right exactly I gotta I got, I got to tell us you know remember Teresa of Avila's definition of prayer you know mental prayer is is to have a frequent intimate conversation with him whom we know loves us and, Absolutely. You know, I think a lot of people at this stage are not really aware of how much God loves us But as you pray, you start to see his hand. You start to recognize his favors. You start to see more clearly how he's calling you and where your gifts are and how you're supposed to use your gifts for the benefit of others um, to be a good steward of these gifts. So that's very important. What else can we do?
1: Well, and how is your relationship with God? Ask yourself is my love growing for God. And and so how can we tell? Well, it says we can tell by how well we love our neighbors. You know, that's we we are to love each other. And so that's how we can tell that our love is growing. Is by how we we're turning to others, helping others, praying for others, not necessarily ourselves all the time but we're starting to look outside of ourselves and we're wanting others to grow in their love too.
0: <laughs> you know, the one thing that I read, it was in a book called um, the armchair mystic. I love that book. It's by Mark E. Thibodeau. That's T H I B O D E A U um, X. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but I hope I am. Anyway, he talks about four stages of prayer. And they really uh, struck me. So I wanted to share that at this time. The first stage was, do I talk at God? And so an example of this is like, you know, you you say an Our Father or Hail Mary and you just rattle off lickety split really fast and you're not really thinking of who you're speaking to or what you're saying to them or who you are in relationship. And those are three points that St. Teresa of Ava tells us that we need to take to prayer otherwise it's just words you know if you want to be in prayer you need to know who you're talking to what you're saying and who you are in relationship to who you're talking to so um however these ready-made prayers if we can play pray them more attentively they're really good for when I don't know what to say in prayer so say I'm going to say okay I'm going to pray tonight I'm going to start with five minutes a day Maybe go ten minutes, maybe fifteen or a grow each week. Um, we gotta be realistic though, because it's a challenge at first because your your head is so noisy that you get frustrated. So you have to work through that frustration so you can break into the silence. Um, go to the deep <laughs> of the ocean <laughs> instead of the ruffles on the top, right? Go to the deep. Um, so formula prayer can be good for when we don't know what to say and it does connect us with the universal church and it does help when we're distracted or tired so and and as we talk about the our father prayer teresa avila taught us that yes just by praying the our father you could be lifted up into contemplative prayer and infused supernatural prayer just by using the our father prayer but for a person that's here at the very beginning stages, you know, they're, they're usually just saying the words and not thinking about what they're saying so much or who they're speaking to. So we need to work on, you know, focusing. So that's why in Carmel, we're always saying, you know, get away from the distractions. Go to a place where you can maybe just look at a picture or a statue and just focus on it. Or maybe you just use a candle. Um, or maybe you have music in the background to help soothe you, to quiet you down. We need to get quiet outwardly so that we can be quiet inwardly. The second stage of that prayer was, do I talk to God? So the first one was, do I talk adding? So I'm I'm using words toward him. Um, but the second stage, do I talk to God? So that's like telling him what's on my mind. You know, what do I got to do today? I'm going to see and oh boy help me when I got to see that person (laughs) because that person is really dominating and I'm feeling really small Um, it's also a time of extemporaneous um, extemporaneous prayer the third stage that um, is in armchair mystic um, is do I listen to God so this is more the meditative um, the discursive meditation it's a sharing between friends, but there's a response. So it's, it's listening is involved here. All right. And a lot of people don't listen in prayer. They just talk. So listening is as an important development of prayer. And you know, a lot of people don't even know that you can develop in prayer. They think that the way they prayed as a kindergarten is the same, the way they should pray (laughs) as an adult. No, no, we should be growing in prayer. But People don't even think that there is a progression of prayer. Well, Teresa of through this interior castle makes it very clear that there is a progression of the soul from this childhood to this teenagerhood to this adulthood to, to the older ages, and how prayer develops through all those stages. The fourth stage he mentions in his book was being with God. So this is like, you know, wasting time with him. You don't, you don't have to be saying anything maybe to your spouse. You're just enjoying hanging out with him. You know, maybe you're, you're just watching the cars go by and you're just hanging out with him. So this being with God is more of a contemplative prayer, a pondering, um, a wondering. Um, nature is a great way to ponder God. Take a walk, look at the sunset. Check out that ocean, see those waves and just, you know, think about this wonder of God and all of creation. I know when the, that picture of the galaxies came out um, because the astronomers, they've got a, a a new telescope out in space and they instead of just one galaxy or five galaxies, there were thousands of galaxies. It was just so amazing to see Um And it really expands your horizon of of this infiniteness of God. So. All right. So um, those are the four stages. Do I talk at God? Do I talk to God? Do I listen to God? And then being with God. All right. So what is what other suggestions for prayer do you have?
1: Well, just exactly that to to foster a greater awareness that Christ is in us, that he is here. He's present. Um, strive for a greater attentiveness to what you're saying, what you're hearing. Uh, reflect upon those things in a, in an interior quiet quietness. Be aware of your prayer. Practice discursive meditation. Think about Jesus in His life. You know about being in the agony of the garden. Uh, about the passion. What is flashing through Jesus's mind during this? And and the love that he has. Um, I, I weep to think um, how he loves us so. So don't turn away. Keep praying. Um, the desire to desire what God wants for us. You know. Pray and ask, what do you want of me, God? You created me. Um, and so sit and listen with that. Commit to your regular prayer. Like you said, start out five minutes a day. may You know, work up to making your whole day. That's what a Carmelite wants to, wants to be, is to make the whole day a prayer. Morning prayers, noon prayers, evening prayers, nighttime prayers. But then we're, we're sprinkling in prayers all day of thankfulness, of gratitude, uh, prayers for intentions, you know, for other people, for, for souls, for lost souls, whatever the Holy Spirit puts on us. If you think about it, you know, we can pray for everything, for everyone. It truly is easy. All we need to do is take that first step. so just give prayer a try (laughs) it's not so hard
0: (laughs) and if you're feeling like oh i promised i was gonna go pray my five minutes and you don't want to because all of a sudden guess what the devil put a temptation in your path that oh i want (laughs) to do that first (laughs) yes it's going to take discipline discipline perseverance and a determination Courage, these are words that come up with Teresa Vavala frequently. Perseverance, determination, a determined determination, courage. Most people underestimate how much courage it takes to to do this. And so um, sometimes we just have to pray, Lord, uh, grant me the grace to want to want to.
1: (laughs) You know, yes, you know, some days you don't feel like it, or yes, busy, busy, busy vacation time, children need you. Um, your husband needs you, workmates need you. So sometimes you don't, yes, you don't want to make the time or or think that you have the time, but truly you can squeeze a little something in there. And the best prayer ever, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus.
0: Yes. Just call on his name. Powerful, powerful. And to um, try to see his presence in each moment. Um, that is something we'll be more and more aware of in the further mansions. Um, so a lot of times we, we come to prayer and we pray the same way, but, you know, this is a time when we might want to be changing. If something's not working, maybe you were doing, you know, praying the our father, or maybe you're playing a decade of the rosary. Maybe you need to go sit in front of the, um, tabernacle. Maybe you need to think about contrition. So, you know, what you're sorry for. Maybe you want to work on gratitude. So this five minutes, I'm gonna be thanking God for you know all of these things. What am I thankful for? I'm thankful I was able to get out of bed. I'm thankful I can <laughs> I'm thankful I'm free. You know, <laughs> I'm thankful that the COVID is gone. <laughs> exactly. Um, also spiritual reading. Um but as you're reading, don't just read for knowledge, which a lot of people would get reading during prayer. But we need to stop as we're reading. Stop when something strikes you. Stop and ponder it. Stop and milk it. There's no race to get through spiritual reading. Spiritual reading is to to help you where you're at. And when something attracts your attention, you know, stay with it. And. Lectio Divina is a good method of prayer right here where you take uh, a scripture passage and maybe just read, you know, a couple paragraphs. And, then you know, what struck me in that paragraph? What word or was there a character that I identified with? And, you know, just sit with that and ask the Lord to help you understand it. Maybe there's something in that character in that scripture passage that is um, highlighting something that you need to correct in yourself. And and the Lord is mercifully, you know, correcting the person. And so he's also inviting you to that as well. So we can pray uh, uh, different ways. And, you know, of course, there's all kinds of novenas, all kinds of litanies, stations of the cross. Um, So if something's not working, try something different. Don't stay in the same way. All
1: right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and persevere. Ask Jesus for the desire. And, and the perseverance needed to be faithful to prayer and to grow in that love of God and our neighbors.
0: Wonderful. All right. Well, we've we've pretty much gone through this second mansion, the second dwelling place, hitting some of the highlights. We encourage you to uh get the book. You can also see it online, lots of um translations online. My favorite, of course, is the ICS edition, that study edition that I mentioned earlier. Um, but you can read uh, many uh, translations online, and so it won't cost you anything except effort, right? <laughs> um, so we're going to come to a, a closing prayer here. But before we close, um, I wanted to say that our next podcast on this interior castle will be on the third dwelling place and we'll be talking about aridity or dryness or restlessness in prayer we'll be approaching um passive prayer so we're going to transition slowly from active prayer to passive prayer and and we also will be talking about how most good christians reside in this third mansion and we're going to talk about why they get stuck here and what they need to do to get going forward. So um, I invite you to stay tuned with us. Uh, we'll probably be doing these um, podcasts monthly because um, I'm teaching this class on a monthly basis. So it kind of comes in handy. And I ask for your prayers for Teresa and I as we work with other Carmelites and um And in our work on trying to share with you what we're learning uh, anew, because I have probably read this book 10 times and there's always something new that comes up. And I'm so grateful for that. Um, Learning more. And so we appreciate your prayers. And speaking of prayers, Teresa, could you close us out with a prayer?
1: Well, um, there is a beautiful prayer written by John Paul Thomas. Um, he wrote the book, The Interior Journey Toward God. And so this comes from that. Mm-hmm. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. My Lord and King, you live within me, dwelling in your fullness in the most sacred chamber of my soul. Please help me to turn my eyes toward you intentionally, to speak to you, to hear your voice, and to simply be with you. As I do, please help me to discover who I am and how I need to change. Help me to persevere in this form of prayer so that my entire day is recollected and centered on you. Indwelling of the most holy trinity, I love you. I trust you. I surrender my life to you. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: Well, that sure strikes a, a, a sweet spot over this second uh, dwelling place. Thank you for picking that prayer. And I'm so grateful, Teresa, that you've joined me again. You're a, a fully professed secular discalced Carmelite here in Dayton, Ohio. You've taught this class a couple times and uh, your wisdom and especially your love just really shines through. And I'm so grateful that you've been willing to share this with me. And I look forward to our next podcast together. So meanwhile, uh, until we meet again, God bless you all.
1: Thank you, Francis. Thank you all.